this week is going to be a little bit different than normal. Usually you'll hear Maggie and I talking about whichever artists we're focusing on this week, but this time we thought we'd let her do the talking for us. You might be familiar with her because we have mentioned her before. We've actually known about her since last year and we were super excited to get the chance to meet her, even if it was just over Zoom, and then to go and see her in person in concert over the weekend. So introducing May Early One. From Nakanata Motown, from Muskegon to Madonna, you're listening to The Musical Mitten. I'm Maggie. And I'm Bree, coming to you from Olivet College. This is your guide to all things music, all from the state of Michigan. My name is May Earlywine, and I'm a singer-songwriter from Michigan. What got you into music originally? Music was something that was around um, as, as much as like food or art or all the basic things of living. Music was a huge part of my lifestyle. So I was raised around it and listening to a lot of different things. So it was a natural part of, of life for me. And I also grew up in a family of artists. So it all, it was a natural evolution into finding music. But I started writing songs when I was 12. And when I picked up the guitar, that was when it, something really clicked. And I realized that I wanted to be a songwriter and that that was something I could do that was useful. So you said you knew pretty early on, but was there ever a moment where you thought you might be doing something else? Or if you weren't doing this, what would your alternative be? Like, what other thing are you really passionate about that you could see yourself doing? I love so many things. So to answer your question, yes, there's a lot of things I could see myself doing. And I have done a lot of different things in my life. Music continues to seem like the one way, like if we're trying to make the most out of this life that we have and like impact and richness and fulfillment, music just continues to show me that that's my path. And so as long as it continues to show me that, that's what I follow. But I love all different mediums of art. I'm really into natural healing and medicine. You know, if I had like many different worlds, I would probably have like a floral shop, a bakery, I'd be a midwife, I'd get into pottery, you know, like there's so many things I would do. I wish I had many, many lives, but music seems to be the one right now, at least that keeps calling me to the table to, to be useful and to serve community. So, and you're, you, so you come from a musical family. Do you think that they've had an impact on your music? Absolutely. Yes. My parents both really are music appreciators. And like I said, earlier, it was just a part of, of having a quality of life, but music was a part of that. And so they were very encouraging. And I think the main gift that my dad specifically gave to me was the ability to really listen to music and appreciate what was happening and, and also enjoy it. So my dad would always put on a record and say, this record is special because of these reasons. This musician is special because of these reasons. Can you hear that? Can you tell the difference between this artist versus this artist? So he did a lot of just really cool kind of sh sharing with me on how to appreciate music. And I think that really played into hearing music in that way, really played into how I make music. Do you remember any of what those records were? There is this. Yes. I mean, there's so many. There's this Thelonious Monk record. I can't remember what it's called right now, unfortunately, but he's just warming up and he's just playing and warming up. And my dad was always talking about how free it sounded. And he was just, it wasn't for anyone else. He was just playing for himself. And so that was one thing that really stuck with me. Um, he also played me a lot of Irma Thomas, who's a soul singer from New Orleans. And he would have me listen to her voice and pay attention to the way she phrased things. 
and how just authentic her voice was, how, how rich it was. He played me a lot of Billie Holiday and he would talk about the microtones of her voice and why it was special. He played a lot of John Coltrane and, and jazz and blues. So yeah, he, he was always kind of sharing music and no genre specific either. He, he shared all different kinds of music from all over the world and, and the best in his opinion of it. And we would listen to it together. So there's, there's too many to name, but those are a few names. I'm familiar with a few of those and they're absolutely great artists. That's really exciting. So would you say that your dad played a big part in why you became a musician? Yes, I would. My dad was in a band in the 60s. He was a singer, harmonica player mostly, but he played guitar and keys too. So he was just really excited when I showed an interest in music. My mom though, she was really into the folk songwriters. So she help and country too she loved the classic country so I got a lot of influence from her as well my dad was less interested in that genre so my mom kind of showed me some of of the song great songwriters and I think that was a big influence on on becoming a songwriter so they both shared a lot with me and influenced that path for sure I can kind of relate my mom. The whole reason I got into this kind of a podcast theme with Michigan music is because my mom had done radio all my life. Oh, that's so amazing. Thanks. Yeah. She's a yeah. big inspiration for me. My dad did radio too. So our oh. parents have been a big influence on us in this. Well, I'm a mom. And so I'm always thinking about like the small things that impact my child, you know, and, and I think about my parents and the things that they did that that really shaped who I am and, and what I do for a living. And that's so cool that they gave you some encouragement and opportunities to do what you're doing now, which is so supportive of community in the arts. Thank you. I know you've talked a lot about a lot of artists that you've listened to growing up, but do you have one that stood out to you as a major inspiration or someone that you tried to become similar to in a way with your sound? Yeah. That's, that's always a tricky question to answer. It's a great question because there are so many that influence different aspects of my, who I am now as an artist. So it's like inspiration. You get these little pieces of it from different people along the way. And all of those little pieces make up the art that you create that's unique to you. And so there are a lot of them, but some, let's see, some key ones. Some of my first passionate singing moments, and this is almost embarrassing, but when I was really young, I started singing out listening to the Little Mermaid soundtrack. And I would just sing along with that. So that was like this moment of like, I have identity in my voice. And then it moved into singing along with Mariah Carey later, you know, in middle school, right? And then that evolved into being more of an angsty teenager, which I leaned into Ani DeFranco because she was speaking out and she was talking about all these things that I believed in so bravely. She wasn't afraid to be, you know, controversial. And she was doing this kind of bare bones songwriter thing. And so she influenced me a lot then, and as well as Ben Harper, who was kind of on a different spectrum than Ani, but they were both holding a lot of space for activism in folk songwriting um, and beautiful singing and melodies. As I mentioned earlier, the soul singers, I grew up listening to a lot of soul music and blues music and jazz music. So all of those singers influenced my singing voice. And then one of my favorite songwriters that I came to know is Patty Griffin and her music has influenced me. And Brandi Carlisle is like someone who I've come to know in the last couple of years, but I, her music is deeply inspiring. And then I'm sure you both know in Michigan, we have so many incredible musicians. So I'm so lucky to have also my peers constantly inspiring me and influencing me. And we do that back and forth. So it's really rich. I know that's a long answer to a simple question, but it, it is an evolution of influences, I think. Have you ever gotten to collaborate with the artists that you work with in Michigan? I collaborate with a lot of Michigan artists. 
constantly. And that's just such a gift of my life. And I've gotten some really sweet opportunities to open for some of my heroes. And I did get to, I've gotten to meet and open for Patty a couple of times. And I also got to meet Anna DeFranco. I haven't opened for her before, but it's a big deal to meet these people that inspire us. And they don't know what it means, right? Because they're just like, yeah, who are you? But you walk up to them and they've given you this huge gift just by being themselves. And so it's a special thing when those worlds collide. But yeah, Michigan, I'm always reaching for new collaborations, uh, be it in Michigan or beyond. But I love working with different collaborators to see what creatively happens when two people get together. Talking about opening for people in concerts, do you have any memories of a concert that stand out to you? There was, there's a couple. I had this really wild opportunity when I was sort of beginning to try to do music more professionally when I was around let's see 20 years old or something uh, maybe 19 I was given the opportunity to open for Terry Clark who's this country star lady I don't know if you've heard of her she's a great songwriter in the country world and so it was a huge show it was like the biggest show I'd ever played at that point and the, the whole theater was sold out and they somehow by some luck I got to open for her and so I only got to play like three songs and it's the sea of cowboy hat and so I'm playing my folk songs or whatever. And then I realized, like, I, how am I going to end this? Because my songs are, you know, emotional, personal songwriter stuff. And I was like, I've always loved Hank Williams. And as I traveled around the country, I sung a lot of Hank Williams and Patsy Klein. So I, I decided at the last minute to end my little set with a Hank Williams song. And that moment was so huge because as soon as I finished the last note of the song, all these cowboy hats got stood up in the audience and like were just cheering and they were so happy. And it was like so such a wonderful impact and all these people bought CDs. And so it was this huge moment in my little career of realizing that the power of how when someone knows a song and it means something to them, it doesn't matter how different you may be or what you think. It's like music connects us in such a deep way. So that was like this first aha moment of like, no matter who's in the audience or how different our lives are, music is something that we all can relate to in a really deep way. Yeah, um, actually, there's this really cheesy quote that I heard that like, basically, it's just music doesn't need a language like you can have that feeling and it could be spread across the whole world and it kind of defies those barriers and I really love that I was kind of curious about your writing process. Do you have a very specific set of things you like to set up when you're writing or the way you write? Or is it kind of just you feel it and you get it out? That's a great question. I artists write in very different ways. And some people have a, like a set process that they always do it one way. And I don't have that. The thing that I'm really committed to that is consistent is making space when the inspiration arises. So that's like my thing that's always consistent is when I get the feeling of an idea or when I have a creative sort of feeling come over me, I really try to seize that moment. So that's a big part of my practice is having a flexible schedule in a way that when those moments arise, I can stop and go like sort of capture whatever that inspiration is. So that's a big part of my process. I allow that piece or part of the process to be really free. And I just like let the inspiration come in and I take notes and I record whatever is coming and just kind of let it be really messy and big. And then then I'll take that idea either in that moment or later on and fine tune it and start to kind of edit and then craft the song a little more. So that's one thing that I do pretty consistently is, is kind of two parts of the process. One where you're kind of receiving and it's messy and you just get a lot of information. And then the second part where you sort of fine tune and, and begin to edit and craft a song. What's been like one of the most interesting things that's inspired you? I really, really am dedicated to noticing 
And I believe that the art of noticing impacts the act of being. Like when we begin to notice what's happening around us, it allows us to be more fully present. And so I think the inspiration comes from these tiny little moments of just being aware of maybe you see two people on the street and they they have an exchange and you notice that the woman's hands look a certain way and they're the, the wrapping paper on the exchange is a certain thing. And all of a sudden there's a story there. And if you notice and you pay attention to it, there's a story to capture. So for me, the, the biggest inspirations for songs are just these moments of noticing the beauty that's just everywhere. And it helps me to be prolific as well, because if, if I'm not expecting some huge inspiration to like plop down in the middle of my day, and instead I'm just spending time investing in these these small moments, then inspiration is constantly everywhere. That's one way to answer that question. The other way is just that I'm really inspired by the stories of people's lives. And everyone has these crazy intricate stories that have made them who they are and have brought them to where they are. And those stories are just not lost on me. And and a lot of my songs are very much based on those stories. I really love the way you worded that. I don't think I've ever thought about noticing micro moments and taking them and turning them into giant stories. And I like that that's how you see it. And I'm almost going to like go home and challenge myself to like look at other people and people watch and see what's going on a little bit more than I normally might have just because I do really like that concept. And I, I don't know. I'm just really impressed. Yeah. I always try to be a little bit more mindful, but that is such a beautiful reminder just because like you said, like wrapping paper, like just little things on the street can be so beautiful and so inspiring. So that's, I love that. Every moment that we're sharing, even us talking to each other right now, it's like all the things that have happened for us to be able to do this. It's kind of, it's a, it's a small moment right now, but all the things that have happened are, are big. So there's all these little micro stories within the moment that we're sharing. And, and when you don't actually know them and you just have to kind of assess the situation, then you can kind of craft a lot of stories in your own mind, right? Which is for creativity is such a fun exercise because you can take it wherever your mind or heart want you to. This week in music. So, as of Thursday morning, Kanye West and Kim Kardashian are both officially single. Oh my gosh. I know keeping up with the Kardashians isn't necessarily a music thing, but of course Kanye West is. Yeah. And Kim Kardashian filed for divorce in February of 2021. Oh, that's like forever ago. Holy cow. I so, didn't realize it was that long. I know. So it's been just over a year. She is already dating someone else. I believe he is too. But there is a Metro Entertainment article that came out Thursday morning detailing all of these different things. And yes, they are both now legally single. Well, good for her, honestly. Like, I may not have kept up with her or anything, but like her or not, I'm, she deserves to be happy. And apparently being happy is far away from him and I get it. <laughs> and then she's dating Pete Davidson. And if you're dating a comedian, I think you're doing pretty okay. If he can make you laugh, you're good for the rest of your life, I swear. Okay, so I've got one that might actually blow your mind. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm a little dramatic. But still, it's pretty big. It's big. So, I came across this article on Variety, and according to them, Epic Games acquired Bandcamp. Okay, I know what Bandcamp is. What's Epic Games? They're basically the owner of the game Fortnite that everyone, like, plays. <laughs> it's pretty big these days. Okay, for clarification, Fortnite has acquired Bandcamp. Yeah, a battle royale video game company has acquired Bandcamp. <laughs> cool. So, Love that. Yeah, for 
Bandcamp, this was kind of a surprise because they were a bigger company. I wasn't expecting them to be acquired by anything, let alone like some random game company. But for Fortnite, this actually kind of makes sense to me. Before and even more so during the pandemic, I noticed that they would host different concerts for various artists, like they did one for Ariana Grande way back. I think their first one ever was Marshmallow. And basically it just gave uh, players a way to interact with artists and giving artists a way to still perform and interact with their fans while staying safe and, I don't know, distant. <laughs> but I just, it makes sense. I'm really excited to see what comes of it, but I was 100% surprised. Oh man, I'm gonna need a little bit to wrap my head around that one. And that's been this week in music. started as a radio show on WOCR 89.1 The One, Olivet College Radio. I'm your host Maggie. And I'm Bree. And we were so excited to go on a musical road trip all through the Great Lakes State. You can let us know who you want to hear through the survey link at the bottom of our website, themusicalmitten.wixsite.com slash themusicalmi. And if you want to hear music from artists we feature, we do create Spotify playlists under the same name as the show. Thanks for listening. So I just had one quick question. I notice on your Instagram stories, you always do, you, you make coffee in the morning. <laughs> I just, I wanted to know your process behind that. What got you into coffee? Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've always loved coffee. Let's just put it that way. Coffee is important to me. My parents, my whole life made pour over coffee at our house before it was like as popular of a thing as it is now. So I grew up with that method, but then I don't know, it was... So I always made it and I started traveling around touring with a little travel Melita coffee cone and everywhere I'd go, I'd be making coffee and people make jokes. And then I started buying coffee beans wherever I was and noticing the different things. And then all of a sudden this resurgence of like third wave, super fine tuned coffee or like the clean cup coffee. Now it's very popular now, but it wasn't at the time. And so as it started becoming more popular, a lot of my friends were like teaching me the actual methods and more about the coffee than I knew before. And so I finally decided, okay, I need to hone in my coffee process to a very consistent place with good gear so that I can really taste the difference of all these roasters. Cause I felt like I was missing something and wasn't getting all the subtleties that some of my friends were talking about. So I, I just kind of dove in and became a coffee geek in that way, just because I wanted to have fun appreciating the roasters, especially because I travel and get to buy all these different roasters. I really wanted to like taste the difference and understand where the coffee is from and the subtleties between the different beans. So the process I arrived on was using a, a Chemex with glass and, and doing the pour over method that way. And I spent so much time on this process that and there's a point in the process where you have to wait 30 seconds where you let the coffee bloom loom and in that moment I would just be sitting there and I uh, one time on Instagram when I first started doing Instagram stories I was like oh I'll just make a little story while I'm waiting for the coffee to bloom and I always am listening to music in the morning and I have a playlist and so I'm always curating for that in the morning it's just like my little routine and so I just started sharing that routine with the music and this little moment of coffee and saying good morning to everyone and I didn't expect to continue to do it as long as I have at this point but people started saying that it made their day or made them laugh or some people were like, I didn't want to get out of bed today, but I saw you were out of bed. So it's just like this kind of human exchange that to me 
it became bigger than I ever thought it could be as far as like what it means to others. And so now it's just kind of like a part of my my routine is saying good morning to everyone on Instagram and, and also highlighting the different coffees I'm enjoying. That's really awesome. Do you have a favorite coffee or a favorite state that you've been to that had like the best overall quality of coffee? Oh, I feel like I can't say that out loud, but I, I really love light roasts that have a lot of dynamic flavors. So some of them are a little non-traditional in the way that they're processed. So sometimes what they do with the coffee beans have a cherry around the bean and a lot of time they take that off, but there's one way where they leave it on and it's called honey processing. That's one of the names for it. There's different names for it, but they leave that that berry on and it ferments a little bit while the coffee is drying. And that gives this coffee this really unique um, sort of fermented dynamic flavor. And sometimes it can be like a fruity flavor. And so some of my favorite coffees are processed that way. But I also love the Burundi coffees too, which are really light roast and just have a lot of flavor. So I, I tend to like the unique flavors, but that still are robust enough because I drink coffee with cream, which is sacrilegious in the coffee snobbery world. But I like them to be able to hold up to a little bit of cream. That's yeah, I also very much enjoy it like a more robust because I do like my cream. I can't or even honey. Sometimes I'll use just to sweeten it up a bit. I can't. I don't know. I can handle black coffee, but I do like an, a little bit of sweet. I um, do drink black coffee. Yeah. So. <laughs> you talked a lot about like your morning routine and how you do this new thing or maybe not new, but like this thing for Instagram every morning. But do you have a routine that you like to do while you're on the road or before you go on stage? Uh, yeah, I think routines are really helpful to humans. We like them and they help us, especially when things around us are are not the same routines, create consistency, which puts us at ease. So I, I'm like a believer that they're important. So on the road, a lot of, I, you know, the things I do are I run when I'm traveling and especially when I'm traveling a lot in faraway places I don't know. That's a really nice grounding routine because it helps me to know where I am physically. We, we're like doing so much in our phones where we're looking at GPS in our phones and we're talking to each other in our phones and we're doing business in our phones. And so knowing actually where I am in the world running helps me do that in the morning when I'm traveling. So that's been something I've done all over the world. That's been really cool. And then I have my an idea of like my little neighborhood I'm in and get to say hi to some people or like, you know, stop into the local coffee shop or whatever it may be. But I love that routine. And before I go on stage, I try to have at least like five minutes of quiet. And really, I mostly just do grounding exercises with breathing. And a lot of it's inspired by Qigong, which is just a lot of moving energy and trying to ground. And that's, that's really, it's not like always the same, but I just try to have a quiet moment. And then I also really love to have a moment with the band where we all look each other in the eye and just say a few words ab about intentions for that moment that we're going to share on stage. And a lot of times it's just reminding us how sacred it is to be able to have the opportunity to share. So those are just two little things that I do. You're touring right now. Yes. Yeah. And you've got a show coming up this weekend. Yes. Are you looking forward to it? Absolutely. Because of the pandemic, I have really limited my actual, you know, live shows. I've been doing so much virtual performing, which has been a total gift. But the pandemic has helped me to really understand what happens when you perform live and the exchange between the performer and the audience. And it's such a sacred exchange that I can't do alone and the audience can't do alone. And so we make this music happen together. I have a friend who's a professor who studies this and it's called music. Musicking, and it's the idea that it's not just a performance, but it's a shared experience that's dependent on both the audience and the person offering something. So I believe in that. And the pandemic has made me 
me even more aware of how important that exchange is to me. So I'm so, so thrilled to get to play live. I'm so grateful to the venues for working with us to be cautious and allowing us to gather in, in safe ways as a group, as safe as we can. And so this band that I've assembled is really special, such talented people that are lifting these songs up. And so we're thrilled to get to perform. I've never done my own show in Bay City before. Everyone is always like, why don't you come to the thumb? And I just haven't always known where to go. But this theater is so beautiful that you have in Bay City. And I'm excited to play in that space and glad to be playing in Bay City for the first time. And I know it's such a cool community. I've sat there along the way because I drive to Ann Arbor back and forth and I'm driving through there all the time. So I found my little coffee spot there and, you know, like to explore. So it means a lot to be able to share music for the first time there. So I'm actually from Bay City. So I I know the theater very well. I've performed there. I've seen a lot of shows there. I It is beautiful. Now I'm curious, what's your favorite coffee place? Oh, it's it's called, uh, it starts with an H. It's the... Um, is it Harless and Hugh? Yeah. That's like one of my favorite places. So yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. It'll be my <laughs> first time this weekend. <laughs> I, I was looking and I was like, I need coffee. I'm dead tired. And I stopped and I found that place and I was so, it was so cute. And then I... And while I was waiting for my coffee, I went to go use the restroom. And then I realized there's that whole courtyard outside and it's just so beautiful. And and so I was I hung out there because it was still it was in the middle of this pandemic time. So I wasn't hanging out indoors, but because I had that courtyard, I sat in the sunshine and I had my coffee and, and I posted a little Instagram thing. And then the owner contacted me and she was like, hey, I saw you were at, at the shop today. Like you should come back and do a concert here. So I, I guess they have music there, which I think is so awesome. What a beautiful place to play. Have you been? to shows there i have not there are a lot of different show venues downtown there's a state theater there's a whole open air park that does a lot of shows particularly in the summer there's a few of the bars down there also play a lot of shows but i didn't know any of the coffee shops did shows i'm gonna have to look into that that's cool yeah yeah it's like it sounds so i love really tiny intimate shows like that because that's almost like a house concert feel or something something happens when you can like reach out and people are just like right next to you it's a different musical experience than big theaters and one's not better than the other but I really I have a soft spot in my heart for those more intimate settings yeah you're gonna be in Bay City this weekend we're super excited to see you this band is really fun we just wanted to wrap this up and say is there anything that we haven't asked you yet that you wanted to say thank you thank you for having me I really appreciate your time and your thoughtful questions the album is available at the shows not digitally until May so I'm giving it people live the album on my website and at the shows before it's digitally released which is sort of the opposite of the way a lot of people are doing it right now and it's been really fun because I just sort of wanted people to hear the music in person because that's such a special thing right now so yeah that's I think the only thing I want to add and my website is mayearlywine.com people can find out information about the shows and anything else there this has been the musical mitten where we bring you all things music from michigan check out our instagram and twitter at the musical mi for any announcements events and more all of our past episodes radio show and podcast are on our website at themusicalmitten.wixsite.com slash the musical mi again that's t-h-e-m-u-s-i-c-a-l-m-i-t-t-e-n dot w-i-x-s-i-t-e dot c-o-m slash t-h-e-m-u-s-i-c-a-l-m-i keep listening in for weekly episodes catch you later